0: I know what you're thinking. Okay, I hear you. Here we go. Let's go with the message. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. If you stay with me, I appreciate it. Here we go. The word apocalypse, most people don't know this, and the word revelation, the book of Revelation, the word apocalypse and the word revelation mean the same thing. Okay, you could very well say the four horsemen of the revelation. So it's not that apocalypse is some crazy word it's not a word we we don't really use revelation and we don't use apocalypse really in our speaking anyway the word revelation the word apocalypse mean say it with me to what unveil and do what reveal now see if you think about that that makes sense now the book of revelation is things to come in time events revelation it's a revealing say revealing revealing of things to come so now that makes sense why is it called the book of revelation well it's a revealing of things to come and the word apocalypse means the same thing so the four horsemen of the apocalypse are really the four horsemen of the unveiling and the revealing of things that's going to come in the future okay and the question is are we living in the last days right now okay i'll let you answer that one it's up to you what you think but first things first, before we get into the four hot horsemen, we're going to lay some groundwork today. I hope that you can stay with me over the next several weeks and we'll build on this. But today we're going to lay some groundwork. This unveiling, because that's what apocalypse means, that's what revelation means, this unveiling or revealing of things to come, this book of Revelation, these four horsemen the apocalypse, this isn't Steven Spielberg or somebody like that, okay, This writing this. Who gave us this? Who gave us this? Somebody tell me. His name is who? Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Okay? Every word he speaks is true. Well, I don't know about the book of Revelation. Just because you don't understand something, don't doubt it. If it comes out of the mouth of Jesus, it's going to happen. And there's parts of it that are unusual. It's hard to understand. And, you know, I chalk that up to my lack of understanding. Not that it's crazy or that he's crazy. Did you hear me this morning? Amen. So keep that in mind. So it was given to us by Jesus. Verse number 1, the book of Revelation. The revelation of who? Can't be very confused there. Right out of the gate. Read verse 1. There you got it. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. So it's not just Jesus. It's God giving it to Jesus. and Now Jesus is giving it. To show unto who? His what? Servants, things which must what? Shortly come to pass. And a lot of people have a problem with that. Man, the book of Revelation is 2,000 years old. Hadn't happened yet. You're talking God here. Do you think 2,000 years is a long time with an everlasting, eternal God? Matter of fact, the Bible says a day. Okay, like a year is as a day to the Lord. Or even a 1,000 years is as a day unto the Lord. Amen? So He's eternal. So when he says, shortly come to pass, don't, yeah, don't, don't start doubting the Bible, okay, just because it hasn't happened yet. Matter of fact, almost all prophecy given from Genesis all the way to Revelation, almost all of it's already come to pass. Did you know that? Yeah. Jesus is the biggest one. Most of the prophecies in the Bible concern Jesus Christ and His first coming. And His second coming... And much of that's in the book of Revelation and in Matthew and in other places. So he came the first time. I believe he'll come again. Even though I can't understand it because I have a finite mind. However, when you think that you came from a monkey or that you're slime or something like that, see, yeah, you'll doubt that you... That he can do all this stuff in the book of Revelation. But when you know that God is God, he's omnipotent, he created everything that he is. When you see him as the Bible says he is, you don't doubt any of this. Did you hear me? Yes or no? Okay? If he can take dirt and breathe in it and it becomes a living soul, he can handle this. Yes or no? If he can come and be born of a virgin, he can handle this. If he can die on a cross, be crucified, buried, raised from the dead. Nah, he can handle this. Y'all hear me, yes or no? So, just some groundwork today. So, he wrote this to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it unto his angel, or messenger, and to his servant who? John. Now that's interesting because we've been studying 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John over the last, oh, probably 8 weeks here. Those three little books at the back of your Bible. Well, we did that on purpose because this is who Jesus wrote this to. He wrote the book of Revelation to His servants, but He's giving it to John through a messenger, through an angel to John so that we can have it. So, keep looking. John, not John the Baptist. No. John the beloved apostle of Jesus Christ. He was the one who received this unveiling or revealing of things to come he received it from the Lord. I want you to know this. While he was in exile, where? On the Isle of what? And guys, this is this is history. This is where he was. He was put on the Isle of Patmos for his, his, for his testimony. Because he was a believer in Christ. He was placed in exile to die like a dog. And something special happened to him. So when you're really thinking you're about ready to die like a dog, get ready. God can do something. Amen? Because that's what was happening to him, and the Lord showed up with this book called the Book of Revelation. Pretty exciting. So, John, who bear record of the Word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he what? Saw. So, so much of this came vivid before John. This Book of Revelation, he saw it. He heard it. And he wrote it in a book, and you and I have this book. It's the last book in our Bible called the Book of Revelation. And it's an exciting book. Revelation 1, verse 9. And we'll come back sometime and catch these other verses, but because of the, the study today, we're going to skip some of them. 1, 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. Boy, was he ever suffering. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, I was in the isle that's called what? Patmos. For, and why was I there? Say it with me. For the what? Word of God. That ain't because he was preaching. He was there because he had been preaching. Okay? He's being persecuted. For the word of God and for the what? For the testimony of Jesus. That's why he was there on this aisle to die like a dog. Okay? But guess what? Verse 10. Even though it was tough on him. Here's John, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's what he was. Even though he was there, he was sitting there to die like a dog, he was still in the what? What are we like so often when things happen bad to us? We get just like people that don't know the Lord at all, just like the world. We gripe, we moan, we groan, we point the finger at God. Are you kidding me? Since when's everything got to be good for you to be in the Spirit? Say. That's what I have a problem with most TV preachers. It's, not, it's all good, 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 good. How about when it's bad, 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 like most of the people that I know go through? Say. That's the message we need. That you can still be up, man, because of Jesus Christ. Okay? Me and Him, we're victorious, regardless of what's happening in my life. Yes or no? Amen. This is John. He's in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. Good things happen when you're in the Spirit. And I know it's a little different. It's a lot different. But we are a spiritual being. Okay? We're body, soul, and what? Spirit. Okay? And even at a ball game like Friday night, Lemon Bay's had a hard year. Okay? Last year we won the the districts. This year we won one game. It's hard to come from up here and be down here. And we're playing Booker the other night, one of the number one schools in the area up in Sarasota. And there was, just, there was just just, this down spirit. Got several players hurt, playing the best team. We're like the worst. Right, coach? But you know what? You know what? My little job with the team is to try to help with their spirit. And I had one one of the kids, number 34, he said to me before my little talk, he said, Coach, are you going to talk to us tonight? You're going to get us up? We don't have any spirit, Coach. You're going to talk to us? I said, well, I think I am. And I talked to him about what's on my wrist. Jesus strong. Say that with me. Jesus strong. One of the hardest things I ever went through in my life, I didn't think I was going to make it. I told him I even thought about taking my own life. And that's when I came up with Jesus strong. I need his strength because Gary ain't strong enough. And I started wearing this on my wrist. How many have one of these on in the room today? Hey, a bunch of you. Awesome. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Good. And so I gave him a little talk about Jesus and how we can be strong. And you can make it. And you know what, Coach? Did our guys go there and play their tail off? Yes or no? They played their tell-off. They played their tell-off. They played their tell-off. Okay? I think it was one of our best games of the year. It's amazing when you have spirit what it can do. Did I lose you or not? Now, I know that's team spirit, but they're, they're spiritual people. We're, we're creating God's image. And I'm telling you, when things get hard, when things get tough, remain in the spirit. Y'all hear me or not? Say and I'm not talking about just being, you know. But sometimes you've got to even do that. You've got to tell yourself to smile. You've got to tell yourself this is a good day. Amen? And yesterday's gone, and this is the day I have, and I'm going to have a good day today. And just thinking like that, and I can see John being that way. I can see him saying, hey, amen, you know what? This is, the, this, is, this is the first day of the week. This is the Lord's day. And I'm going, to, I'm going to be up today, even though I'm dying like a dog here on this island. But see? Listen. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice. Can you imagine being on a desolate island? There to die like a dog. And you hear something behind you. You know he's got to think he's crazy. But he hears a great voice. Say great voice. Great voice! The sound of a what? Trumpet! That'll get your attention. So we're just laying the groundwork in case you think I'm going slow. And this voice said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Wow! You ever come to church just, excuse my language, just feeling crappy? But you leave feeling good. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Lee feeling good. That's how John was. Can you imagine? Look at this. Boy, boy, boy. He's feeling sort of crappy, but he's trying to do the right thing. And all of a sudden, Jesus is behind him talking. Isn't that crazy? He says, What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. Under Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia... And Laodicea. And we might do a series just on those seven churches, but we're not doing it in this series. Okay? Because they're mentioned here. We're still first things first. So, this is how this book came to be. There's a special promise of blessing, guys, if you'll listen today. There's a special promise of blessing in the Bible for those who hear the words of this prophecy. I don't understand the book of Revelation. I I don't want to read the book of Revelation. I'm going to tell you something then you're going to miss a special blessing of promise that God has promised that He will give you if you read this book. It's the last book in the Bible. It's the one book in the Bible that gives the clearest example of what heaven looks like. Chapter 21, chapter 22 talks about heaven. Talks about, is there no night there? There's no, there's no crying there. There's no darkness there. You mean you're not going to read the book of Revelation? Say. There's incredible blessing that comes when you read the book of Revelation. So get ready for blessing. Amen. You hear me? Okay? There's a special promise of blessing for those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep and keep and keep and keep those things that are written in it. Keep looking. That's verse number 3. Here it is. Blessed. Read the whole verse with me, would you? Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So this is a special blessing. And it's, it's interesting. When people heard I was going to be talking about this over the next several weeks, I heard people go, wow, I want to go to that. I want, I want to be there. Hey, I believe that's the Lord. Amen? Saying, boy, you want a blessing. Let's look at this. and Let's see what we can find together. Amen? Let's keep looking. So, just reviewing again. Jesus gave it. John Watt Wrote it. And you and I are supposed to do what? Read it and... So we're part of this. We're mentioned in this. And this is for us. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we'll see where we can go now. Okay? Good graphics. Today we're going to look at the white horse. There's four, uh, four horsemen. Can you say the white horse with me? The white horse. And the word deception. There is some debate on who the white horse is and what the white horse stands for. But I think most people who literally believe the Scriptures like I do would agree with me that the white horse speaks of deception. Say that with me again. Deception. And we're going to unveil, unwrap that over the next two weeks. We're going to look at the white horse two weeks in a row. Keep looking. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on a throne, the throne a book. Now we're in chapter 5. Okay? not going to go verse by verse, but it's pretty explanatory. We're just going to look at it. I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written. And on the back side it was sealed with what? Seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open that book? That book that was sealed with seven seals. And to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. John, seeing this, and I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not! Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereon. Can you imagine him seeing this? Say, yes or no? This is crazy. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne... And of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a what? A lamb as it had been what? Slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And He came. Who came? The Lamb. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ. And behold, He came and He took the book out of the right hand of Him that sat on the throne. And when He had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, say it with me, they did what? They fell down before the Lamb. And guys, i said it to you before, that's like this morning praying with the guys in the truck. That's how I see myself, falling at His feet. I don't know how you pray. I know Jesus wasn't very impressed when people prayed, haughty prayers with their heads lifted high. We try to get every syllable right and every word just right. You think that impresses God, yes or no? I don't think He really gives a hoot about your grammar, to be honest with you, okay? He wants your heart. And the place to pray, and the place to praise, by the way, is on your face. Amen? And I see that here. Do you see it? Do you see them falling down? And that's how I was this morning in the truck. I'm not saying I'm falling where the, plate, the car mat is in the floor in the truck. I'm not. In my mind, I see my feet. I see myself at his feet. Say that with me. I see myself at his feet. Absolutely. Boy, when you're at his feet and you look up, woo, he can handle it. Amen? Say. But when you up here like now, no, no, get down, get down. That's what they did right here. The elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors which are the what? The prayers of the saints. I mean, we don't even understand, guys, when we pray what's happening. I don't. We think I'm praying. We know Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father where He ever lives to make intercession. I know that. But there's something, there's something going on in heaven. Can you imagine you praying and And your prayers being taken by other saints before the Lord. I know my mama loves me. But it's good for me to see mama praying for me today. You hear me say, taking my prayers, taking my prayers. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like that happens. Yes or no? Something's going on. And they sung a what kind of song? A new song. Saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy. You open the book. For you were slain. That's the problem with any other religion. Well, they're good people. What? They're lying. Excuse me. They don't have the way to God the Father. Only Jesus Christ is the way to God the Father. Period. End of story. You're the one who was slain. Why in the world would you want to put your faith in somebody who, who goes to heaven, perhaps, and can't even open a book? Say. When you get Jesus, you got it all. You hear me? And here's the sad news. If you put your faith in anybody other than Jesus, you won't go to heaven. And your name's going to be not even found in the book, the book of life. You hear me? It's a big deal. I'm just saying, as you read the book of Revelation, just calm down. And you might just pick up something as you're reading it. A blessing. Amen? that's a blessing to me they sung a new song you're worthy to open the book to take the book to open the seals there for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your what? blood out of every what? kindred tongue people and nation I just love this that's like reading the Bible with you (laughs) pretty cool And you've made us unto our God. This is how you need to see yourself. You've made us unto our God. Say it with me. Kings and what? That's why you need to lift your head. This this is not just said in the book of Revelation. It's said in the book of Hebrews and other places. We're, We're priests. That's how God sees us. We have royal blood flowing through us now because of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm not saying that so you can go get your new Cadillac. I'm saying that so you'll live for the Lord. And even when things are tough in your life, you'll be in the Spirit on the Lord's day just like John was. This is powerful stuff. And we shall reign, the Bible says, on the earth. The Bible teaches that. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times Ten thousand and thousands and thousands. Do you see heaven like that? Yes or no? How would you know it's like that unless you read the book of Revelation, say? Heaven's like, you know, eight people up there just playing harps on clouds. That's how stupid people are. That's the, that's the view of God. He's old. He's got a big old long beard. He's sitting up there with a hammer waiting to hit you on the head. If you want to be blessed, read the Bible. Get the truth. Know that thousands and time, 10,000 times, 10,000 are falling down and praising Him and seeing and worshiping. Hmm. I think I can make it. Amen. Yes or no? Changes everything. It does for me. Saying with a loud voice, say this with me, please. Loudly, if you don't mind. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor, and glory, and what? Blessing. Isn't that beautiful? Today, yesterday, no? this is good for you. you. Feel terrible? I feel good. And the bottom line is, we're just reading. We're just laying some groundwork. We ain't got to the white horse yet. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such are as in the sea. And all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, say it with me, Amen. amen. You know why Amen? Because it's in the Bible. You hear me Amen all the time. I've had people come up to me so say, You may as well not do it, but you can do it if you want to. It's not going to change nothing. Come up to me when other people are praying. I'll, oh, amen, amen. Yes, I'm, you know, I'm doing that with them. And it probably bothers some of you because you're not used to it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm me. Amen. Did it again. <laughs> we were at a critical part of this building stage a few years ago. And some folks came. They heard me speak. And they had their grandkids with them. And they went home back to wherever they're from up north. And they, said, they they called me the Amen preacher. And at one of those critical stages in our building process, when it was a hard road to hoe, I got a letter from these people. Don't even know them. I didn't know I was the Amen preacher to them. They wrote me, wanted me to call them. They were interested in our building, so I called them. And at a critical point in our journey, I couldn't believe it. They asked me what we needed for this particular leg of the journey. I said, oh, $50,000. Well, we're going to do that. (laughs) We're going to send $50,000. This was several years ago. And then they talked to me and said, by the way, we were there. We've heard you speak. Our grandkids call you the amen preacher. Amen? So I'm going to keep saying amen if it's okay with you, okay? (laughs) Amen. 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 (laughs) I think that's just a funny story. Amen? I do it all the time. I can't help it. And I grew up saying GD and other words. Isn't it nice that God can change you? Amen? Come on. Maybe some of you struggle with your language. How about try this? Amen. Say next time you try trying to go. You, amen. Talk to me about it. I want to hear some stories sometime in the future. And the four beasts said. Say it with me. Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down. There they are again. And worship him that lives forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Amen is right. Raj, I know I'm slow this morning, but we'll we'll get it done, buddy. Push me. So we just read chapter five. Correct? We looked at chapter one. Not all of it, but a good part of it. Now we're in chapter six. And this is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And I saw when the lamb opened what? One of the seals. How many does it have? Seven. Could just anybody open this book? Or could nobody open the book except one? And you're going to try to get to heaven some other way? I think you ought to go through the way. The one. Amen say. The one who can open the book. Yes or no? Amen? Come on. And I saw the Lamb. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. I just can't, I'm still hard to get out of my mind that he's on this aisle all messed up. (laughs) You know, because this is terrible. Man, I think it was Domitian who put him on that island. Okay? And uh, boy, did he ever do him a favor, yes or no? Say, you ever felt like hard times you went through when you look back on it, thank you, Lord, somebody did me a favor. Who can say that? Can we give the Lord some credit this morning? Thank you, Lord, for the hard times. You did me a favor. Amen? Come on. And when I saw the Lamb open one of the seals, I heard as it were the noise of thunder. And one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. So boy, does he ever have his his attention. So now we see the first horseman of the apocalypse. And we're going to get into it again next week. And I saw... Would you say it with me, the whole verse? And I saw, and behold, real loud, a what? White horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, at first glance at that verse, that sounds like Jesus. At first glance at that verse, it sounds pretty positive. So he's opening the book, and the first thing he sees, it sounds like, is himself. Didn't it? Well, why do I call it deception? Deception because we know Jesus is not deception. He's he's truth. He's holiness. He's holy, holy, holy. Amen. 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 And I'm just here to tell you, not everyone who rides on a white horse is a good guy. Say that with me. Not everyone who rides on a white horse is a good guy. You ever met people before they seemed to ride on a white horse and after you got to know them a little bit, you realized they were not a what? They were not a good guy or gal. So don't be deceived. Oh, by the way, I told you one day I'm going to be famous. Do you have something? I was on the History Channel. Believe it or not, yeah! This is Countdown to Apocalypse. The rider on the white horse represents... The Antichrist, the world charismatic political leader. Scripture says he'll be the absolute deceiver, the father of all lies, and he will deceive the entire world into thinking otherwise. Not everybody who rides on a white horse is a good guy. It sounds like, here comes Jesus. I don't think so. I don't think so. The Antichrist seeks to destroy God's people in an effort to clear the way for setting himself up as, as God. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's probably the only time I'll be on TV, but anyway. It was funny getting a call years ago from the History Channel. And they'd been going through the Internet and footage and all that kind of stuff, and I was shocked. I had to sign rights and everything. It was beautiful. For that one little clip. Not everyone that comes on a white horse is a good guy. Amen. Here comes Jesus. No. Okay? Jesus said beware of wolves in what kind of clothes? That's right. So let's keep looking. So just as the Holy Ghost came upon Mary and culminated in the great masterpiece of God, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as that happened through Mary not Joseph being the, the father, but the Holy Spirit, the living God, so also the seed of the serpent or the seed of Satan will culminate in the great what? Counterfeit masterpiece of Satan who is not Jesus Christ, but he is what? Antichrist. And that is who's on the white horse. Deception. Oh, it looks good. He will be an imitation of of Jesus Christ deceivers are never good if they're not deceiving anybody Okay, if he's just out there not pretending not sucking people in people would reject it but if he looks good, sounds good and especially with the lack of knowledge that's so prevalent today in the world and in the church concerning the scriptures the stage is really set for him to come on the scene right now y'all hear me, yes or no? This is how Satan works. This is how Satan does things. Let's push some Scripture. Let's just go. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Just some other Scripture. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, say it with me, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing, it is no great thing, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their what? Works. And sometimes I don't think some people like it when I get on TV preachers sometimes. And I'm not saying all of them. But I think you know the ones I'm talking about. I hope you do. The ones that are scamming people. Yes or no? That take a scripture and say, Psalm 99, 12. You're supposed to send $99.12 to me. You ought to immediately go, that guy's a charlatan. Don't be deceived. You hear me? Satan works through all kinds of folks. Even him, Second Thessalonians, whose coming is after the working of Satan, talking about an Antichrist, with all power and signs and what? Lying what? Boy, our culture today, boy, if you give them a wonder, if you give them something to see, boy, you'll fill up an auditorium. Don't be deceived. With all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, they rather see a show. For this cause God shall send them strong, what? Delusion. That they should believe a what? Lie. If you, now, now, Jesus is the truth, and the way, and the life, and His Word is true. But God will let you believe a lie if you want to. Okay? You can think you're good enough to go to heaven. You can believe that and go to hell. Yes or no? You can believe having church attendance. I'm going to go to heaven. You're not going to heaven except one way, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, God's not willing that any should perish. That's not His will. He doesn't want that. He sent His own Son to give give His life for you, a ransom for all of us. Amen? Say. But... There will come a time. And I think the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. Because there's sure a whole lot of people deluded today. But there's going to come an, even a more time where God's going to pull back His Spirit. He's going to pull back His Spirit. That's why, boy, when the Lord's talking to you, speaking to your heart, when He's tugging at your heart, especially like in a church service, to be to be hard and... And I know what well, that's just well, that, like. But to, to not let the Lord go ahead and work on you, just walk out of here. Don't just expect He's going to walk, work with you when you get home. Y'all hear me, yes or no? How many ever missed a good business deal and after the fact you kicked yourself right in the rear end? Can I see your hand? You just really missed some good, or a good stock or something. You ever done that and say, oh! Well, when the Spirit's speaking, you don't want to miss it. Because you just might be deluded later on. Y'all hear me, yes or no? Satan, Satan does not want you to hear the truth, ever. Now, the Bible has a wealth of material in the Antichrist. Most of it's in the New Testament. It's found in Matthew, John, 2 Thessalonians, First Second John, and the book of Revelation. Antichrist. What does Antichrist mean? Anti means just what you know it means. Anti means to stand against or in opposition to. So, Antichrist. So the Antichrist, say it with me, is one who is what? Against? And he's opposed to who? Christ. That's what Antichrist means. Don't be spooked by it. Antichrist. It's what it means. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called, and they're chosen and faithful. Okay? Revelation 19, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies... Gathered together to make war against Jesus. Now look, different horse. Him that sat on the horse, not the white horse in chapter 6. One day this so-called good guy with all his armies is going to stand one day, Revelation 19, against Jesus and his army. Keep looking. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God or that's worshipped so that he has God. He sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. These are verses on the Antichrist. So... The one that sits on this white horse is the Antichrist. I know we've covered a lot of ground today. The Apostle John uses the expression Antichrist. The Apostle John who received the book of Revelation, it's no accident he received it because in his book, the book of 1 John and 2 John, he uses the expression Antichrist how many times? Five times. This was all, God had all this planned. He says the Antichrist will come. Little children, it it is the last days. And, as you have, and you have heard that the antichrist shall what? He shall come. Keep pushing. Next, number two. John says many antichrists are already come. Little children, it is the last days, and you have heard that antichrist shall come. And even now there are many what? Antichrist people, teachers, leaders, deceiving people against Christ. It's happening now. The antichrist is a liar. First John two twenty two. Who is a liar? but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. You want to know what a real liar is? The, the biggest liar of all liars is someone who denies that Jesus is the Son of God. Did you hear me? That's the biggest liar. That's why I have no problem, none, calling out the Koran and Islam because they say that Jesus is not the Christ. You hear me, yes or no? Why should I cozy up With that kind of thinking. That's crazy. I'm going to call it out. He is an antichrist. He is antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. The messages of the antichrist says Jesus did not come in the flesh. People that say that he was not born of a virgin. That is antichrist. you all hear me? Yes or no? And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of what? antichrist keep looking number five five times john mentions it before he ever gets revelation the antichrist denies that jesus is what i've had people tell me you don't believe jesus is coming again well of course i do he said he was why wouldn't i yes or no do i understand it all no but i know if he can speak the worlds into existence he's got no problem coming back i know if he can be born of a virgin He's got no problem coming back. I know if He can raise from the dead, He has zero problem coming back again. Amen? And it will happen. People who deny that Jesus is coming again, John says, many deceivers are into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come. And that word come is in the present tense. It literally means it's coming again. It's coming again. People who deny that Jesus is coming again, this is a deceiver and a what? And an Antichrist. So, we're almost done, I hope, Rog. Right? Well, we're going to pick it up next week. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Let's see what we've learned today. And we're going to call it a day. Is that okay? You alright? Hope you'll come back, though. We're just laying the groundwork. Next week's gonna get really good. So the white horse, the first horseman in the apocalypse, is not Jesus on that horse, it's the Antichrist. He's the one who's going to deceive. And he's going to conquer. And not every good guy that's on a white horse, I mean, every guy that's on a white horse is not a good guy. So you'll see how he's going to do it. And we're going, to, we're going to talk about that next week in great detail. How's the Antichrist going to pull this off? How's that all going to happen? And I think you'll see and you'll learn. So the Antichrist, what we learned today, he opposes Jesus Christ. He is against that Jesus Christ is the, the anointed one. He's against that. And he's already working today. He's against the the God-the-Father and God-the-Son relationship. He's against that. Number three, He's against that Jesus Christ came came in the flesh to be the sacrifice for our sins. That's another big problem with Islam. They totally deny that Jesus was ever spit on, that He ever was whipped, that He ever was crucified. There's no way in their view that if He was God, that that would ever have happened. So they reject totally the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's everything to a Christian. Did you hear me? And it's totally rejected. Period. And by the way, so is Antichrist. He's against it. He's against the prophecy that Jesus will return to rule and reign as Messiah and Lord. And I'll close with this. Roger, we're going to be done. One thing about Islam, though, They suck a lot of Christians in because they say this. They're good guys called the mighty. It sounds a lot like this He's coming again. And they say that Jesus is going to get to help him. He's going to help him kill Jews, he's going to help him kill Christians. Here's the thing, and we'll show it next week in a chart. When you look at Islam, their 12th Mahdi, their, their good guy, their hero that's coming again, is none other than the Antichrist. And you'll see it next week. Now, whether, whether, whether you can accept that or not, you'll see it next week. Their, their good guy sounds nothing at all like Jesus. But if you line up what he does next to what the Antichrist does, it's the same guy. So already in our earth today, 2 billion people of the 6 million on this planet, or 6 or seven million, two billion are already looking forward to the Antichrist's coming. Did y'all hear me? That's a third. And they're excited about it. But... They see it as a good thing because they are deceived. Did you hear me today? We'll see it next week. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time in the Word. I pray you'll help us, Lord. Help me, Lord, to to be able to see things and to think and communicate it properly. Help us all to know there's a blessing when we study this book. You promised a blessing. And, Lord, I've already got a big blessing today out of just reading it and looking at just a few things with the folks today. So, Lord, bless us, we pray. And to help us to be vigilant, to stand for you, to love you, to love people, to share the good news, the gospel, to share the truth with people. Please, God, use us, we pray, in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's praise the Lord for his word this morning. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on.